Welcome to the Road by Road Garden Show, the best daggum gardening show on the radio and the internet as well. Glad to have y'all this evening. Got Mama Hoss back in the house. Good to be back. Mama Hoss been gone for about a week and uh, glad to have you back. Had to go take care of some kin folks. I had to go back to my nursing skills. Yep, yep. But we're glad to have you back. Now, I survived. I survived when you was gone, but it was tough. We may do, but it's good to have you back. Mm-hmm. How about that? You know what? She, uh, she was amazed when she got back. I had supper fixed for her, had the house cleaned up, had all the dishes washed, clothes washed. It was just amazing, wasn't it? I, I was a little disappointed. Disappointed? Yeah. Didn't quite meet my expectations. Well, I did the best I could. I did wash one load of clothes, mm-hmm. and the house was not, like you said, not, it was not a total disaster. Uh, dishes in the sink. Yep. But it, man, we did okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, potatoes is here. Man, we finally got our seed potatoes in, and we've been getting them out, out, out. So if you live in the southern United States, your potatoes should be on the way. If not, they'll be on the way within the next few hours. We are getting them out. Boom, boom, boom. We don't got most of them out, but we are getting them out. So don't fret. We will have potatoes to you before you need them. I'll guarantee you that. They look really good. I'm surprised that the quality of them is great, and um, everything's clicking out right along. I was sweating the tater thing a little bit. You were. But we, uh, we you got were stressed. Them. I was stressed out, but we got them in. It seems like it's every year on the seed potatoes. You had trouble getting them in here. Weather issues. This year it's trucking issues. It's always something. Anyway, we got them out. And, and if it's freezing where you are, we do check the weather before we ship. So if it's going to be freezing during the shipping time for you, we will not ship them until the weather's clear. Mm-hmm. So... This show is about seed starting techniques. Now we're gonna go over some things. We've covered seed start before. We're gonna we're gonna do some methods and techniques about seed starting, give you some insights of the little bitty nitpicky things of how you can be successful in starting your own, your own seeds. Because this show tonight is all about starting seeds in the greenhouse or in seed trays, starting seeds for transplants. And we're gonna do a deep dive into that and give you the itty bitty details that you got to know to be successful doing that so make sure you stay tuned for that wow what about the new sunflower collection it's flying off the shelf boom 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 Mm -hmm. look right here ain't that something so we have worked together with cog hill to come up with this sunflower collection right here because you know jason and the bunch over there just love sunflowers mary carl mary carl as well and and I don't think and Brooke. and Brooke, but I don't think Brooke was completely involved in this as as much as Jason and Mary Carl was. Right. So they sat down and put together a collection, and we call it the Cog Hill Sunflower Collection, as you see right there. And we're gonna offer this all year long. Now let's go over. <clears throat> excuse me. Let's go over these varieties real quick, because they we went back and forth on text, but they picked out every single one of them. Pro-cut lemon sunflower, boom, boom. Chocolate cherry sunflower. They knew that one had to be in there. I like that one. Yep. And sun gold dwarf sunflower. Uh You know, that's real close to teddy bear, except it don't grow as tall. And white light pro-cut sunflower. Pro-cut white night sunflower. 
So we got white light and we got white night so yeah. far. On these white ones, if you grow them, you want to pick them a little early because mm -hmm. the white will tend to get a little dingy. Yep. And last but not least, Pro-Cut Plum Sunflower. Mm. Mm, that plum's one of my favorites right there. So anyhow, that's the collection Mary Carl and Jason picked out. And it's $29.99? I think so. Mm -hmm. Yep. On our website, they've been going fast. I, I do apologize. We have been selling out of them at times. We're trying to get them back in stock as quick as we can. But... Uh, We'll include the link yeah. in the description and the comments below. Yeah, we have them in stock right now, but they are sitting fast. And if they're out of stock, just sign up for the email yeah. notification. And we'll have them back in before long. They are mm -hmm. flying off the shelf there. They did a great job with that right there. Cog Hill, if you're not familiar with them, go check them out at Cog Hill Farms. Jason and a bunch of them do a great job with their blog on their farm over in Alabama. Mm -hmm. Yep. Speaking of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have something else coming up. Right. And we're going to do our first meet and greet in Alabama at the Petals from the Past. They have a Petals in the Past and Antique Show April the 23rd from 9 to 5. Now, Petals in the Past, they are a plant nursery and farm. Mm -hmm. They're over next to Selma, Alabama, real close mm -hmm. to Selma. Um, it's managed by Jace, Jason and Shelly Powell. They have antique roses, um, shrubs, perennial flowers, herbs, fruit trees. They actually have a fruit orchard there. Hmm. And plants. They have guided tours, educational programs, and they also have the antiques in the garden on this Saturday. So everybody's welcome to come, enjoy the antique show, the plants, and there's going to be five, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. You're talking about seven. YouTubers? Seven included us, um, YouTubers there, and they're going to have a separate section for a meet and greet. Uh, Gene and Tracy would be there from Just Dig It Farms. No, they were in Alabama. Uh-huh. Of course, Jason Brooke, and I'm assuming Mary Carl mm -hmm. would be there from Coghill Farms, and Sheila and I would be there. Uh, Jason and Lauren from Catawampus Acres, and they're mm -hmm. out from Atlanta up there. You're not following them. And then Wes and Angie from Naked Hog over in Louisiana. I'll let you get the last two. I'm Holly Miner. She is Simply Lake and Lace from Alabama. Mm -hmm. um, she does a little gardening, a little health and wellness. She has a YouTube channel, and then Kayla Friday, Little Cahaba Junkin. Um, she does a lot of antique. A lot of collection, yeah, collector collection of, of all things. So they'll all be there. Now, one thing to note is um, they would like, it's free event. You, there's nothing to pay. They have vendors. They have food trucks, um, arts and crafts. They would like for you to go to their website, and it's in the description below, to register, just so the staff can kind of plan mm -hmm. on how many people is going to be there, make mm -hmm. sure they have enough facilities. So if you're thinking about going, go down to the link below and just register so we'll know how to plan. Yeah, if you're anywhere close to uh, middle of Alabama, I think you want to make plans to attend this. It's going to be a great event. Now, I've never been to Pellets for the Past, but I've heard a lot of people rave and rave about it. So, mm -hmm. the guys, what's interesting in the guy that owns it now, his dad was a horticulturist at Auburn University. Mm -hmm. So, there's a lot of, lot of 
knowledge. A lot of knowledge there and a lot of uh, heritage here with the, with the nursery there. So yeah. looking forward to that. They do, I, I think they do musket. In fact, I know they do muscadines mm -hmm. and, like I said, fruit trees, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's where uh, Jason's getting all his fruit mm -hmm. trees. For his we're going to be a little, we're going to be a little outnumbered there. Us and County Wapas is going to be only two from uh, Georgia. And then Wes and Angie is from the other side over there from Louisiana. So well, everybody Alabama, else, yeah. Alabama will be a little, uh, but at least we can, uh, make it a bulldog hat and wear that. They'd probably be good just to rub it in <laughs> just a little bit. You think? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, make sure that you can attend that if possible. I think it'll be a great event. Another thing, how about the Oki? Yeah, so also in March, March 19th, there's an Oki Homesteading Expo. And we're not sure if we're going yet, but we are a sponsor. Yeah, it's going to be according to how the junk how the junk rolls out on us. If it gets worse or whatever, we're kind of watching that. So we're not. Yeah. And there's a link to that in the description. There is three days, and I'm almost positive they said day one and day two was sold out and you have to buy tickets for those in advance mm -hmm. um so go check out that link in the description who else gonna be there man it's gonna be i know jason and them's going cog is going wes and angie's going daniel arms daniel arms uh, dutch keeping it dutch all those we call them the Oki boys they'll all be out there Alif, i don't know if Alif's going or not yeah i think so. is he okay There'll be a bunch of YouTubers over that way that are, that are going for it. Yeah. It's going to be a good event. First year for it, so they don't know really what to expect, but I told right. them. They're going to be talking about processing hogs and chickens and yeah. all kind of homesteading, self-sufficient, reliant. Yeah, they're, they're pre-selling tickets, so they have an idea how many will be there. But I told them, I said, man, you got the homesteaders of America just got blew out with people attending. So. And this is inside. Yeah, so. I thought they will have a good turnout. Yeah. Our main segment is seed starting. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about some of the ins and outs, some of the details of seed starting. We actually got some some samples we're going to show you of what to do and what not to do and what it looks like when you do something wrong. Mm -hmm. First thing is keeping records. Mm -hmm. a records are a journal mm -hmm. to know when you sowed your seeds, when they germinated, how successful it was, and the date you transplanted them. Mm -hmm. Now, I was watching Tracy from Just Dig It Farms one night this weekend, and she did an excellent video on a, how she stores her seeds, how she plans her garden, mm -hmm. um, and how she journals. And it was just awesome. So go check her out and look at that video. And she's actually trying to develop a garden journal, which I think is an awesome too. idea. She showed her last seven journals from the previous years and how she, far she's come along. And it was just really cool. Yeah. That's something that I probably knew, need to do a better job. And I, speaking of a garden journal, I would love to have one that, that I actually used. Over the years, what I've done is filed away up here when to plant particular things. And I see people all the time. We're going to touch on this a little bit later on in the show. I see people all the time starting their transplants at the wrong time. Some of you all are right now. I can see on our Ruby Road show have started your plants at the wrong time. Well, we're going to touch on that yeah. a little bit later. Um, journal is a great thing to do. E not only with seed starting, but all the way through your gardening process, just to make notes of things that works best for you. Another one, and this is a good one here. I could let you go ahead, but I got something on to add on that. Okay, you want to purchase your seeds from a trusted source. One that has a good germination rate, high quality <clears throat> house tools. 
and check your um, seed packet for expiration dates, specific directions. You may have to go to the website for the descriptions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a little known fact about seeds out there is we all know what germination is. Germination is, is the ability for that seed to sprout and come up. But here's a little known fact that you may not know. There's another thing called vigor. Vigor is also part of that plant. And, and seedsmen or plantsmen also talk about vigor just about as important as they do germination. So I asked a guy the other day that's been in the seed business a long time. I said, explain to me what vigor is so I can explain it to people. If I had a thousand people in front of me and I was trying to explain them the vigor, how would I explain it so they could understand? Because it's kind of a complicated subject. And the best way he put this, and I think I agree with this, is when all your plants come up, they're all fairly equal. So they all germinate at the same time. They all pretty much grow off at the same time. Even sometimes you can have good germination, but you could have poor vigor. And what happens there is they may all germinate, but they all germinate at the same time and they grow off a little different. And that when new plants, seeds are low in vigor, they don't germinate as quick. So vigor is just about as important as germination is. When you have good vigor, your plants grow off evenly. And which, how do you know you have? There's not a lot of testing to be done. So, so no seed company, especially no garden seed companies, are required to do vigor testing. So that's just the point of the matter is make sure you buy from a good seed company and you will get good germination and good vigor. If you buy some of these old seeds from the big box stores or from wherever, they may actually have decent germination, but the vigor could be bad on That's what happens with old seeds. Sometimes the germination will hold, but the vigor didn't hold as much. Ah, that's interesting. Yep. Good, good point. Okay, also keep your seeds stored properly. Don't throw them out there in the garage and let them get wet or fluctuation in temperatures. Extremes. Extremes is what kills you on your seeds. Extreme storage. hot, extreme cold. Well, you can go extreme cold, but you just don't want to go that extreme hot. Oh, okay. You can go cold. You can put them in the freezer, and that's okay, but just don't want to go to those extreme hots. If you leave it out there where it gets 100 degrees, so no, that's bad, especially 100 degrees in high humidity. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, select the correct seed starting mix. Mm hmm so one thing you want to make sure, you want a seed starting mix that is fairly fine. You don't want nothing that's got big chunks of pine bark in it. But you also want a seed starting mix that drains well. And we'll show you something in a minute what you run into if you don't get one that drains well. We like a lot of perlite in our seed starting mix and that gets that water out of there so that you don't get those diseases in there. So a good seed starting mix to me is nice and fine, but not too fine, but yet it has good aeration to it. Fluffy. 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 Plant in the correct container, to, whether it be a seed starting tray or pots or whatever. And yep. make sure they, like you said, good drainage. Mm -hmm. you I'm just going to show the bottom of this real quick here. You see that hole right there? You guys are going to plant those cups and things like that. What happens with styrofoam cups, and I see it done all the time. Not saying that it won't work. One of the common mistakes I see with people planting in cups is they don't put big enough drainage hole in the bottom. Not only do they, do they not do that, but it has to be so that hole can drain. So if you set a cup or anything on a flat surface there and it's not porous, that water can't actually drain out of there. Those don't look real sweet. And we're going to talk about that, Sheila, in just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Plant them at the proper depth. 
keep the seed starting mix moist until they germinate. Mm -hmm. Warm location. Give them good uh, nutrition when the true leaves show up. Thin if needed. And step up as needed if you need to go to a bigger pot. Mm -hmm. And then pest. Yep. All right, so let's go over some of that. Proper plant depth. Normally speaking, the smaller the seed, the shallower you need to plant it. That being said, even watermelon seeds and things like that, I would not plant them over a half inch deep in any seed starting container. But just things like broccoli, mustard, uh, cauliflower, cabbage, whatever, those are real small seeds, barely want them under the soil. Mm -hmm. Now, they got needs to have soil contact all the way around, so you don't need them on top of the soil. They need to be in, but not very deep at all. Um, seed start mix moist, yes, but this double-edged sword that we just spoke about, you want it to be able to hold moisture, not too much moisture. Warm location, absolutely. We know some of these seeds need 80 degrees to germinate. We know some of them need 85 and even 90 degrees to germinate. So keeping them at least 70 degrees for germinate, uh, germination. Fertilization when you get those true leaves. Now, sometimes you can cheat a little bit and put it right before you get those true leaves, but a good rule of thumb is true leaves there. Thin as needed. You know, when you're doing those little small seeds, it's hard to get just one seed there. Don't sweat that if you get two or three in there. But I do come back with my pocket knife or my scissors just as soon as I can and thin those out. I don't pull them out. I just okay. kind of snip them off. Yeah. And uh, pest. You know, somebody just today had a post on the uh, Robo Rocho, guard, I mean the Facebook group, saying they had aphids on the cabbage. That's just something I don't have problems with. And I don't really know why. I can't tell you the last time in the greenhouse. I, I cannot tell you the last time I treated plants in the greenhouse for pests. Maybe some of you guys out there do have that problem. I've just, for the most part, I don't have that problem. If you did have that problem, if you do have that problem, then you can use, you know, aphids are easy to kill. There's most of your things on, on our pest control uh, tabs you can go find treat aphids with. It's just something I don't have a problem with, but definitely keep a, keep an eye out there for it. Okay, evaluating your seed starting method, is it a skill or is it an art? Both. I think it's both. I think it's an acquired skill, and it's also a little bit of art, too, knowing when to water and knowing when not to water, knowing to fertilize, knowing when not to fertilize. Now, on our Hoss University Growing Guides, we give some specifics there on how you can fertilize, but you even may have to play with that just a little bit, especially on seed starting. Um, okay, on indoor, then we're going to go over a couple of, things what's good about indoor and maybe what's bad about indoor now, growing. What, what do you consider indoor growing? I consider indoor growing is growing that plant till it till you get ready to transplant it doing it all inside. In the house. In the house or your carport a heated space. Okay so you got to have lights to do that. So if you're going to grow inside you got to have grow lights period. Some of you may be fortunate enough to have some sort of sunroom that's actually probably classified more as a greenhouse. But 99% of you out there have got to have grow lights if you're going to grow inside. Got to have heat mats. Pretty much got to have heat mats or some kind of germination chamber to be successful. That's not saying that you're not going to be able to get a couple of seeds up without a heat mat. But if you want them to be consistent coming up and to come up quickly, you got to have a heat mat on them. Normally speaking, it can be more expensive to do it indoors than outdoors because you got to have those lights. You're not using 
You're using artificial light. So and you outdoors, you mean greenhouse. Greenhouse or some type of structure outside, growing those plants outside. You know, indoors, you normally don't have that fluctuation in temperature. Normally, it's pretty steady because most of us keep our house around 70 degrees. Uh, you're normally limited on space here because you can't grow a lot of plants if you're growing indoors. And, um, you know, but you do have a good steady ambient temperature, which is good. Now, outdoors, on the other way, other hand. You, in the greenhouse. In the greenhouse. Normally, you do fluctuate a lot. Unless you have some elaborate heating system in there with the thermostat. The way we are, we just supplement our heat as when we need it. Which I think that's the way most people is. So outdoor growing can be less expensive if you don't factor in the cost of that greenhouse. Now let me just throw this little caveat about a greenhouse. That's probably the best money I have ever spent. We don't sell greenhouses. Yeah. But I love the greenhouse. How long have you had your greenhouse? Oh man, we've had that greenhouse probably 10, 12 years. No, we've had it longer than that. Yeah. Probably 15 years. Yep. Replaced the cover not one time. I go to the greenhouse every day. Yeah. We have every, heat and water in there. Yep. I go every day. Oh, to we have electricity and water. Yep. Yeah. So, in, outdoor greenhouse, uh, you know, your temperature can fluctuate, so you kind of have to keep an eye on that, and you have to have some type of heater in there. Now, when it gets those cold, cold nights, it's more problematic because I catch myself going to bed at 12 o'clock, make sure I got enough heat in there for the night. So that's just something that you're going to have to do if you got a, a greenhouse. Just kind of keep an eye on it. They probably make some type of app you can put on your phone. I'm not that fancy. It'd be nice if you had that where you could check the temperature in your yeah. greenhouse. You could normally start more seeds if you got a greenhouse because you got more room. Mm -hmm. Uh, the well, it's more unpredictable. You, your flux, your, your uh, temperature is going to fluctuate more. If you control that, it's not that big of a deal. But if you can't control that, it can be a big deal. So that's the, kind of the difference of indoor and outdoor growing. Maybe giving you a little insight on both of those. Now, the overall problems we see with people with seed starting is germination. And as you touched on, a lot of people plant too deep. Too early. Too early. Too deep, they're not using temperature or they're not increasing that humidity around that plant. You got to increase the humidity, you got to have that temperature increase for that germination. And if you do that, most of these seeds will germinate quick. Dampening off. Okay, now here we go. I actually got three different trays here, Sheila, and I've got them in three different stages. Two of them is what you don't want to do, and one of them is what you do want to do. Now, I did this. On purpose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to show people what it looks if like you when you so. mess yeah. up. Yeah, that's what I did. Okay, so y'all look right here. This is some cauliflower that was planted. And this particular crop here has got two different problems. Number one is, I'm going to turn this around and I'm going to show you this right here. I actually caught this a couple of days ago and I reached in there and knew about pulled it up and said, hope I'm not going to do that. This one, as you see right here, has a condition, what we call dampening off. That plant right there is rotted off at the soil line there. Uh, now, dampening off is the term we, we use for that. It can be caused by three different pathogens, Fusarium, Pythium, or Rhizoctonium. Pythium or Rhizoctonium, both of those are we classify as water spores. So if I'm going to reuse this tray after this right here, then I need to clean this tray. And what I would do is I would soak this tray in a solution of dishwashing detergent and 10% alcohol. And that will kill that water spoil. If I plant back in here without cleaning that, 
I could have this problem happen yeah. all over again. So good housekeeping, sanitizing the trays. If you have, so you a don't problem, normally wash them. I normally don't, because I normally don't have this issue. But when you do have this issue, you definitely want to clean them. Some people clean theirs anyway, and it's not a bad habit to do. I just don't do it if I haven't had a problem. But we know we got this problem here, so this trailer here will need to be sanitized before we use it again. Now, normally what happens to cause this is too much water and not enough drainage. See this plant right here? I'm going to pull it up. See there? See, it's rotted off right there. I'm going to complain to pull it up. And the true telltale sign of that is, see there, at the soil line, it starts going bad. If I pull it back right there, you'll see. And that's dampening off. The plant is just wilt and fall over there. What happens is... So do you need to get rid of those that are diseased? Pretty much all this, once you get it in there, it's going to pretty much... Uh, you so know, you can just... You can just throw it and start over. Don't try to salvage this. Just... Just try to start over. So two things happened here. They stayed wet too long and they didn't get drainage. So these were sitting in a, a pan, a, a seed starting pan without holes. And it had water in there. Uh, so you was watering them from the bottom? No, I was no. left them in the greenhouse and it oh. come a rain and water filled oh. in here and it was holding water in there. So my, my little catch basin there had water in it from the rain and it stayed in there too long and the water could not drain out. So therefore that, that you know, pathogen jumped on there and pretty much caused havoc. So even you got the holes underneath there, if they're sitting on a flat surface and not gonna drain you well, sometimes what you may wanna do is set them up on something so that they actually drain out. And that catch pan is actually to catch that moisture or that uh, water and not let it get all over everything. Yeah. So, and that's the first problem with this flat. The second problem with this flat is fertilization burn. These were fertilized a little too heavy and they got a little burn right there. Is a, see that burn, tip burn right there? That's from too much fertilizer. See this right here? That's from too much fertilizer. So this, this tray right here caught two things. It's got dampening off and it's got fertilizer burn. If you see this and get this point, don't try to salvage it. Throw it away and start over. All right, now this one's going to be very interesting. So what happened, and we see this is a common problem we see right here. You see these plants? Don't they look pretty nice? Nice and green? What happened was these germinated, and they didn't get underneath light quick enough. And they these become, on this side? Yes, and they became leggy. See there how leggy they are right there? So I let them get leggy, and then I put them underneath light. After I put them underneath light, they started to flush out there at the top a little bit. Now, there's a couple of these red Russians over here that's going, that was late to germinate, and they're going to be okay. But all this that you see that is leggy there, those will not recover. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. So once you get plants and you don't, as soon as they, just as soon as you see green, you got to get them underneath lights or either outside in the sunlight. Once they get leggy like this right here, go ahead and dispose of them and start over because you're just wasting time and energy on that right there. That's my new cauliflower too. Mm -hmm. Yep. So there it is. Leggy. When you get leggy, let it go. How about that? All right, can you hand me that one right there? Now this pretty much on the hand is a set of plants that looks pretty doggone good. This is what you want them to look like. These have been grown indoors. Now I got a little yellow one over here on some of these, and that is due from either not enough fertilizer or they might have got a little dry. 
for the most part, these plants here look exactly what you want them to look like. You know, I can hit these with some fertilizer and at this point and grow them on out pretty quick here. So that's exactly what you want to look like there. Not leggy and no dampening off. These trays again have the nice drainage holes. The drainage holes are perfect. Most of the time, these are grown on some type of wire and that allows that moisture to come out that bottom there and it doesn't set you up with uh, dampening off. So if you are using those seed starting trays that have solid bottom to it, keep that in mind. You may want to put you something up so that they can drain out and make sure they're not holding water in there. And that'll help you be more successful with that. All right, so uh, what to correct these issues? Heat mats, using a heat mat, using a, hem, uh, a dome, or humidity dome, or handy wrap to increase your uh, humidity. We talked about drainage. Also, one more thing that would help probably, a fan. So keep some kind of air circulation going. That will also help light and light and start those plants over if you get leggy and harden off after. Now, that last tray I showed you there, I will, uh, after probably about two more weeks, I'll start hardening those off a little bit and those will be ready to transplant. Now, some of you guys out there, here we are with the first February. Mm -hmm. Some of you guys that have already got your tomato plants up that live in zone eight. You're a little bit too early. We're going to go over a little bit here now. And I'm going to do this for you guys because a lot of people are just up in arms and I get it. We're all about wanting to get things. We're looking forward to spring. We want to get things done, but you've jumped the gun a little bit on your plants. So let's think about Bella Rosa tomato. What if you're in a zone nine and 10? Nine is a little bit different. Okay. So let's start with Bella Rosa. The day's maturity on Bella Rosa is 70 days. Now that's a that's a, a given. You, you can change it a day or two according to what kind of weather you have. But let's just go with 70 days. Now we know here where we live, we normally don't get tomatoes before June the 5th. Now you may get a straggler before then every now and then, but pretty much you're not going to start harvesting tomatoes the earliest before June the 5th. So let's back off 70 days from June the 5th. That's when that plant will go into the ground. So what's 70 from June 5th? And I know you really love that with math. <laughs> you shouldn't ask me that. Basically, it's around the 1st of April. Okay. So it's around, I think that's, that's around 68, 69 days. So that's basically around the 1st of April. So we want our tomato plants ready to go into the ground the 1st of April. We know it takes six weeks to grow off tomato plants. So six weeks from the first day of April is what? The middle of February. The middle of February. So you guys in Zone 8, I can tell you this right here from years and years of experience. The first planting of tomatoes needs to be February the 15th. Not January the 15th. Not February the 1st, but February the 15th. And you'll be perfect on your timing there for your first plant. Now you can follow up after that. Now you guys in Zone 9, back it up two weeks. And you can start yours the first day of February. And then you guys in zone seven, flip it another two weeks and you can start yours to end of February. And you can kind of flip it two weeks only until you get up around zones five, four, and three. And all you guys pretty much start y'all's at the same time up there because summer happens all together pretty much for y'all. So that just give you a little insight there. Now peppers, peppers are a little bit slower to normally grow off in a tray. So you can get by with starting your peppers a few days early. You can, in zone eight, you can start your peppers as early as February 10th. 
But what's going to happen is if you started them already and you got them up, they're going to get ready to plant. And you ain't going to be ready outside to plant them. And you're going to be having some problems trying to hold those plants back. You really don't want to do that. You want to have everything work out perfectly. And that way that plant hits the ground, it's ready to grow, and it's not root bound. How about that? Sounds good. Yep. What about a corny joke? Corny joke. <laughs> okay, this was... Everybody's been waiting on corny joke. <laughs> this one was shared with me by Janice Revels. She's actually uh, your cousin that mm -hmm. I stayed with last week. She had a total knee, doing awesome. Um, Shout out to you, Janice. Hope you're still doing well. Yeah. So her joke is, why did the cantaloupe jump in the pool? Swimming pool. Because it was hot? Mm. No. Because no. he wanted to be a watermelon. <laughs> Should have got that one. That was yeah. easy. That's pretty good. That yep. Feel free to use that at your uh, family get together. And Janice, we'll send you something yep. in the mail. Yep. Feel free to use that whenever you like. So nice, clean joke of the week. How about that? Mm -hmm. All right, folks. Hope it helped you. And look here. If you ain't got your seed starting techniques down, this is a good one here to make you some notes. Maybe you'll be successful growing your plants. Now it's time for you to get out there and get dirty.